Hey guys, welcome back to Brentwood Barbell Radio. This is episode 32, 32 or 3. One of the two. 32 or 3. We've had a pretty good run this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, 32 weeks out of well, what will be 52. Uh, so we're going to probably finish with like 40-ish. It's not too maybe, bad. Maybe somewhere in there. That's pretty solid. For um, season one, not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, today, we are going to talk a little bit about programming. Um, we kind of haven't talked about programming in a little bit, so I thought we would pull it back and talk about that. I know, generally speaking, people like to talk about programming, so these are usually more popular. Um, and what I wanted to talk about today was this idea of training intensity and training volume and how kind of how you start by doing all of it at the same time, but then eventually you start to see this separation in training um, <clears throat> with most programs. And so I just thought we'd talk about that and why that is and and maybe some ideas on how we manage that and set that up for people uh, in, the, in the gym. Uh, how's it going, Alex? It's going good. Getting ready for the busy week. <laughs> yeah, what uh, this is, well, by the time this comes out, this will be the Monday after Thanksgiving, but while we're recording it, it is actually the Tuesday prior. Um, so yeah, we got, everybody's got, the next few days are gonna be lots of <clears throat> eating and driving, right? I'm okay with the eating part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, so, okay, well, let's, uh, let's just get into it, what do you think? Sounds good. All right, so when we, uh, I'll start, and then I suspect that you'll have plenty to say on, on this topic, but I'll start by saying that when we bring a new person into the gym, we keep their programming pretty simple. Um, it is generally two to three workouts a week, and they are generally doing squatting and benching on one day and pressing and deadlifting on another day. Um, occasionally, we will do three barbell exercises each day. Just depends on the client and how quickly they're picking up uh, the technical sort of cueing and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then we generally will plug in uh, what we call an accessory exercise, uh, somewhere between one and three of those, um, depending again on the person and what's going on. But it's a pretty simple program and their barbell training generally starts out with somewhere between two and three sets of you know five-ish reps. Um, that's pretty common for us. Um, and so when somebody first comes in, they are, um, as they're executing that program, they are kind of getting everything they need, uh, you know, in terms of to get your squat to go up, the, those three sets of five are going to work for quite a while, um, especially if they have no prior training experience. And the idea there is that they're getting sufficient volume and they're training at a sufficient intensity to continue driving a strength adaptation. And so it's pretty simple with new folks. Uh, we love this sort of phase of training. The longer someone trains, the more sort of complicated it, it will eventually get. But but this phase is pretty simple. Would you agree with that, Alex? Oh, yeah, for sure. I There's always that misconception whenever I first meet with somebody with their intros. They come in, they're like, well, I've never... Never really been in a gym and never really strength trained. I'm like, that's perfect. Like, <laughs> well, one, we don't have to fix anything. Two, like, this is like the prime time for training. Like, this is the fun part. You get to jump in and you get to see all the quick adaptations and it's kind of that, you know, uh, quick reward or whatever type of phase. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that's maybe useful to mention here is this idea of like, 
you know, strength is, uh, you know, if we just sort of try to define it and say strength is uh, force production, right? Uh, and we measure force production in the gym by the amount of weight that you can push or pull uh, with a barbell. These exercises tend to involve lots of muscles, lots of joints, uh, a lot of moving parts, um, and you're, you're kind of using your entire body. And so we generally accept those as, quote, strength exercises. Um, and for us in the gym, those are things like squats, bench presses, deadlifts, overhead presses, <clears throat> variations of those exercises. And then you move a little further down the list and you have things that we call accessory exercises. And, um, you know, the idea with accessory training is a little bit different than strength training. Um, the idea with strength training is that you can move enough weight, uh, you can create a sufficient uh, force production stress to drive a force production adaptation. The idea with accessory training is more about general conditioning, hypertrophy, blood flow, sometimes it's recovery oriented. Um, these are all things that make the overall program experience better. But, uh, you know, you can only take your tricep press down up so much before you sort of stall out on that. So we don't treat accessory exercises um, necessarily with the same value or importance as like, you know, kind of the basic barbell exercises. And I think most most people would agree with that. Um, you know, the barbell stuff is kind of like the here and now, the short term. Uh, and then the accessory stuff is we're hoping down the road useful, right? Like, right. you know, we're hoping that while somebody's doing lat pull downs, they're <clears> building uh, some hypertrophy in their lat muscles, maybe their arm muscles, etc. cetera. Um, but the idea is that all of that's kind of working together. And really at this level of training, you don't see much, if any, separation between volume and intensity. It's just kind of you're doing everything on each day that you're training. Uh, and that's a pretty useful way to approach it because you can do that as a new trainee. And so why why not, yeah. uh, I guess would be the, the question. Uh, but what we want to talk about uh, mostly today is that once somebody is kind of moving out of that space from a program design perspective, what do, what do the next stages kind of look like? So... Alex, let's, let's let you kind of lay some ideas out here. So let's say we've got a guy, he's been training for, I don't know, six-ish months. Uh, he's kind of picked up his uh, basic low-hanging fruit, if you will. He's, you know, maybe he came in and on day one he squatted, you know, 115 for, you know, three sets of five or something like that. And now he's squatting, you know, 245 or whatever, uh, you know, three to six months later. Um, but for whatever reason, we've decided that it's time for a programming change. And, and now let's kind of walk through what that might look like. Yeah. So once they kind of get out of that first initial beginner phase, we kind of have to start looking at volume intensity a little bit differently than we had before. So we have to kind of start the way that I like to look at it is like, say each lift or each day has its own, um, kind of what's the right term uh it has its purpose for each day so say you know for myself i like to do like the max effort day or in other words just an intensity day so i might give somebody an intensity day that could be anywhere from a you know top set of one top set of five anywhere in there you know if we can still squeeze some out of that top set of five they might have just one set on a monday and then on friday they're going to come back in and go 80 percent of what they did on monday for some more volume. Yeah. So <clears throat> with that, we're working on the skill part of it. Um, I used to get really kind of caught up on like the speed aspect. I don't really 
you know, practical application wise, the speed part, I'm not as concerned with there. It has its place in some programs, but having yeah. this volume day to really work on the squat and that day is really, it's what's going to help build that squat. Um, so you do the work on Friday, 80% of that top set. And then on Monday you can come back in and add another five pounds to your squat. Um, still pretty simple, you know, but you can still, instead of driving up your squat 15 pounds a week, you know, you're really slowing down that progression and you're looking at 15 to 20 pounds a month that you're adding onto your squat, which doesn't seem like a lot. Like you're, you kind of start thinking, well, the last month I was doing 15 pounds a week and now I'm only doing 15, 20 pounds a month, but you get to this stage where you have to kind of start to slow that progression down. Otherwise you just, you're burnt out and you know, you just get to a point, you just can't add any more weight. If not, then yeah. we'd all be squatting a thousand pounds. Sure, sure. I, I think what ends up happening is uh, some lifts outpace our recovery, and then some lifts uh, require more stress than the basic programming allows for. So, like <clears throat> maybe benching and overhead pressing are good examples of like, you know, you don't generally, you know, overtrain those. Right. Um, generally speaking, people need more and more work. Yeah. when it comes to those but if a guy is squatting 115 pounds on week one and then you know four months later he's squatting 245 at, you know he might you know find himself in a position where like you know continuing to add weight every session or every other session is becoming unreasonable in that it just drives him further and further into this recovery hole mm -hmm. and you know so you'll start to hear things like training isn't fun anymore or my knees bugging me or my back is achy or I'm not sleeping well or I'm right. not hungry or, you know, all these types of like feedback. Uh, these examples of feedback from the athlete are, are sort of suggestive that um, you're kind of putting him, you know, further and further into this recovery issue. Um, and so that I think that the lift matters, but you typically will see more of that type of stuff with squatting and pulling rather than pressing. Um, and so whether it is purely logistical or recovery, uh, or maybe they're exactly the same in, in terms of the functional outcome, but um, you have to generally start to separate these ideas of like a really, really heavy day, which is what we would just call intensity day or a max effort day, um, you know, we kind of use those interchangeably. I know some people are very strict in their definitions, but to me, anything max effort is anything from a heavy single all the way up to five or six reps. Yeah. It just depends on the person and the program, but um, I would lump all of that into max effort or high intensity day. And then generally speaking, our volume day, or some people will refer to this as a speed day or a dynamic day is generally somewhere between 70 and 85% for what we would call like multiple sets or sets across, or, you know, it's maybe it's five sets of three at 80% or it's, you know, six sets of four at 75%, whatever, whatever setup is, is fine. Sometimes it's like you said, it's just an offset of the heavy day, right? Um, which works really well uh, for a while. And, and, you know, at some point um, you've got to sort of like massage that again, because you'll start to see the lifter stall, whether it's either, Again, too much stress or not enough stress. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's all these little tricks that we use along the way uh, from a programming perspective um, where we might have a top set and back offs or we might have just a, a quote heavy day or an intensity day and a quote volume day. 
Um, but you will start to see in program design the separation of volume and intensity to some extent. Um, so let's, let's talk about ways where we can get the most out of the intensity day, Alex. There's two kind of ways I'm thinking of, and I'll kind of throw them out, and then you can kind of tell me mm -hmm. what you think of them and, and maybe if you have a preference. So there's one idea here is that we can take an exercise and we can just kind of cycle reps. Mm -hmm. And so like maybe week one is a heavy five, and maybe week two is like a couple of heavy triples, and then maybe like week three is like five singles across or something. That's a very... Everybody knows that sort of rotation. Um, and then, you know, the athlete would go back, to, you know, week four, back to his set of five and try to try to squeak out a little improvement. Um, so that's that's one way to sort of manage the fatigue uh, of the intensity day. Uh, the other is um, to kind of skip that process altogether and just go to a uh, an exercise rotation. So maybe we say for this cycle, it's all heavy threes. Mm hmm. Intensity day is a heavy three RM, but instead of rotating our reps, week one, we're going to do a pin squat uh, to parallel. Week two, we're going to do a pause squat to parallel. And week three is going to be the competition squat, all for three RMs, right? And then on week four, we would rotate back to the pin squat, try to squeak out a little improvement and so on. So, so kind of talk about how you use those. And then if you do have a preference, maybe it depends on the person or the timing, uh, what, what is the preference? Yeah, so... Um, I've definitely used both of those in the past for myself and athletes here. So I like the rep cycling or, you know, like the five, three, one rotation, whatever, whatever rep scheme you choose. Um, I really like that one because you can take a couple weeks to acquire the skill of that exercise and you kind of feel the ins and outs of it before, you know, yeah. you're going to this heavy singles or anything like that. Um, you know, when somebody's first season their program, they're like, oh, a floor press. I've never done a floor press. All right, well, one rep max it. <laughs> Sometimes sure, that's kind of, sure. you know, don't feel great about that. So I like yep. to do that rep cycling. They can get like a heavier set of five. You know, they're at this stage of training where they know, you know, what an eight out of 10 effort feels like or something moderately heavy or, you know, on that higher end of effort scale. So I trust them to find a set of five. As they yeah. kind of go through this program, you know, they might do a set of five, two sets of three, and then four to five sets of one rep at the very end. And whether that, you know, that at the very end, they might hit a one rep at, you know, nine or 10, or they hit five, you know, five sets of one at 90% or something, whatever. So um, that just gives them a little bit of a, you know, couple week build up. They get the skill, they get confident in it before they take that heavy single. Yeah. The other way <clears throat> with the exercise selection, um, there's two different ways that I like to do that. So most of the time in like group programming and things like that, I like to set them up with the same exercise for a month. The they might hit a one one RM or something close to it, one to three RM on week one, week two and three, they're gonna do some volume. So kind of like what we're talking about, we're kinda interchanging that a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's still <clears throat> fairly intense. It might hit a three reps at 85% of what they hit week one. Uh, but then I might have them do some fives or tens or something with that exercise as well, just to kind of help aid in that, uh, you know, additional volume and then just skill level in that exercise. So they might do that for two weeks and then they might end week four retesting that one to three RM. So that's one way to kind of, and then every block you kind of switch that up. So if they're, you know, they're wanting to test their, 
competition lifts, I might run them. So say for a squat, they might do a month of pin squat, a month of box squat, and then a month of competition squat leading into testing or something. So then that just leads them right up into it. They get confident. They get some heavy singles throughout the whole 12 weeks, but they were switching up that exercise. So it's not like the competition squats getting stale by the end of the 12 weeks. They kind of have this peak and build up. Yeah. I, I, a couple of things I've noticed, uh, the rotation, the rep rotation, like the five, three, one or a six, four, two, whatever you want to use tends to work best if they're not actual RMs. Right. Right. So if it really is your five RM, no, no shit, like, Mm -hmm. man, like you barely got the fifth rep, that rotation won't last very long. Now it doesn't mean that they're not really hard. Um, but there's gotta be like a little bit of room in the tank for that because, my experience has been that if you, once you actually get to where <clears throat> those weights are really RMs, uh, rep maxes, um, it's just short lived. Um, right. You know, that athlete is really not going to keep going on that for a super long time. Um, if you want actual one RMs, I think the exercise rotation works better. For sure. Um, because you're varying the stress more from week to week. Yep. Um, and you can, yeah, so you can vary that stress, you know, so like a competition squat might be more stressful than a box squat to somebody. Sure. You know, it depends, yeah. like, it, you know, yeah. depending on the person. But, yeah, you can vary that stress throughout the program so that, you know, you're trying to get ahead of that burnout or whatever. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and you're varying the stress either A, through psychological means mm-hmm. like you said like who cares about a box squat right you know that we don't do competition box squats uh and the second one would be uh mechanically so you could pick something like a front squat where the absolute weight on the bar is just going right. to be less uh even though they worked at a very high relative intensity uh you know your front squat is whatever three quarters 80 percent of your back squat or something right. for most people so you can create uh, a more of a wave in the stress application uh, in terms of like using different exercises. Yeah. Uh, the other way to do that, of course, would be like you said, which was weeks two and three or something are submaximal work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's less stressful too. Yeah. Um, I think they're all really useful. Um, one of the things I think that's relevant, uh, you know, this is always a fun conversation like to nerd out on and talk about the science and the you know, there's so many camps here of like, oh, you know, don't make it any more complicated ever than it ever needs to be. And then other people are like, yeah, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's just training. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Those arguments are going to rage on forever. But one of the things I have found that's relative to the conversation is the athlete's sort of personality type. Yeah. We were talking about this last week. Yeah, the whole psychological side of it. Yeah. So some people are really extroverted and some people are pretty introverted. Uh, And then there's other sort of elements of of their personality as well but um as as far as like really being factual or or being very sort of relationship oriented but um if we just looked at introvert extrovert somebody who is very extroverted outgoing you know lots of energy lots of variety risk taking all of that kind of stuff they're going to get you know, if you never change the program, they're going to get pretty stale, like yeah. much quicker than like an introvert who probably could do the same damn program for the rest of their life. Like, you know what I mean? You could just make a three week rotation, a six week rotation, and then a sure. nine week. Ro- and then yeah, it's yeah. like, they would be in completely happy only doing the basic squat forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't 
think that one is right and one is wrong. Uh, I think that you as a coach would be best served to try to find out what the athlete is going to be more stimulated yep. by and respond to yep. rather than try to say, well, this is the way it's got to be done because the reality is there's a million ways to do this. And, um, you know, we always want to be effective and efficient, of course, but, you know, um, there's also something to be said about the athlete enjoying the process along the way. So, you know, you could have the most scientifically efficient, accurate thing, program design, but if the person's like, this is absolutely miserable and they quit three months in, like what's, what's the use, right? Right. Versus taking something that maybe is a little more like anecdotal or a little more, you know, bro science. And the person's like, dude, this program is so much fun. I love it. Like, you know, I think, I think that, uh, enjoyment is important, especially from a business perspective. (laughs) For Uh, sure. (laughs) You know, uh, we need people to go to the gym so the gym can continue to function and serve people. So like that is part of the process, whether you want to admit it or not um, as a coach. I want that person to want to wake up early on a Thursday morning, come in at five 30, (laughs) For sure. I mean, this isn't, you know, 1972 Eastern Bloc, you know, you know, whatever, like Ukraine, like we're like, we're all here to like, you know, get healthier, get fit. So, so I think all of that matters um, in terms of, you know, more or less training variety. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately what you're going to start to see any non-beginner program uh, parse out is the idea of there's a there's an intensity component and then there's also a volume or a work component. Uh, however you want to cut that or divide that up is probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think uh, based on every program I've ever seen, <clears throat> this is where they all go. Yep. Um, gosh, I don't know. I think that's I think that's about it. What you got anything else on this topic? No, I mean, it's pretty straightforward for the most part. I mean, there's different options, but um, yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, the, the one thing I will say is, um, you know, the idea of like having a, whether it's a weekly or some sort of intensity component in the program, I think is important versus like what would be the alternative well the alternative might be something like let's train sub maximally for 12 weeks and then test right i'm not saying that isn't valid uh it's fine and probably on paper and scientifically speaking it's it's probably works just fine Uh, in fact i know it does um but i will tell you that hitting prs and new weights in the gym is really stimulating and fun and um it's something that a lot of athletes need to help keep them going for sure um and so you know i always ask the question is if you could like add five pounds to your squat every week for 10 weeks or on week 10 hit a 50 pound pr pretty much everybody that i know would choose the five pounds a week yeah right because it just keeps you like charging ahead keeps you working hard you get to see firsthand kind of like the the rewards of your efforts and it's For a lot of folks, it's really hard to like just delay, delay, delay. You For know? sure. Um, it's funny when I was learning how to play guitar, all I practiced was chords, mm-hmm. like like a robot. I mean, I played chords for like three months and then I finally went to my buddy's house and he's like, oh my gosh, we can play like a thousand songs. <laughs> and we proceeded to play like a bunch, like, yeah. you know, 
But for three months, I didn't even learn a song. Oh, yeah. And, and then when I was trying to teach my oldest daughter uh, how to play guitar, like the first day, she's like, when are we going to play a song? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, can't do that. Like, lo- like looking back on it, I realized like that is just an example of like our personality differences um, in that like she needed that like reward, like that fun thing. Oh, yeah. Like I put in 20 minutes of practice. Now give me like a song I can like sort of like fumble through. Right. And for whatever reason, maybe I just didn't know better. Like that never occurred to me when I was learning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like. Yeah, like, really we knew that that was the end goal, but absolutely, like, like I didn't not want less to than one chords, <laughs> right? But like it never dawned on me as I was learning those mm-hmm. chords, like, hey, why? And, well, and then the other part of that too was like this was many years ago, where like you couldn't just get online and find every oh, song, yeah. so like that was harder to do back then too. So that's that's probably part of the equation. But anyways, I just that's a funny example yeah, of like sure. differences in approach. Yeah. I mean, for so. me, like I like to have my, I even structured my week with my intensity days to be at the end of the week. So my first two days I do my volume days cause I, they're just generally less enjoyable. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, Thursday, Friday or Friday, Saturday, those are both my max effort days. I know I get to go real hard on an exercise and I do a different type of rotation. So for me, I get something new every week to an extent. Yeah. And so I get to hit something heavy every Friday or Saturday, whatever day it is. And I'm more yeah, likely uh, to come in and do it. Well, that, I think, right. That, that's the, that's the thing right there. Um, you've set yourself up for success by just you know, learning a little bit about yourself along the way. And I think that ideally you have a coach, they're doing that as well. They're kind of picking up on things that you're saying and your behaviors and can kind of use that information Obviously, they would have hopefully have conversations with you uh, about your training and is it enjoyable and are you liking it and all that stuff. Um, But, you know, then they can kind of direct that path based on, um, you know, what you think is most interesting. So. All right, cool. Uh, That is it for this episode on why training requires volume and intensity. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Later. See you.